Just a week ago, Texas in the southwest became a frozen tundra with record cold temperatures and snow. How did that impact farms and ranches? Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Images of broken water pipes and people lining up to get fresh water filled the airwaves and newspapers as residents of the Southwest worked to dig themselves out of some of the coldest weather on record. But what about the farms and ranches hit by the same weather? Temperatures dropped into the single digits during the second week of February and yet a week later they rose back into the 70s. We wanted to get a closer look so we turned to Shelley Hughley with Southwest Farm Press for her insight. And while she found plenty of bad news, there was one silver lining. We'll let Shelly share what she found. Shelly, uh, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Uh, hope you're warming up. Warming up, yes. Uh, quite a bit, actually, from last week. So we went from negative wind chill to we were almost 75, 76 on Tuesday. So we've, we've had a drastic, drastic shift in a matter of hours, days. Well, I, I think it's great that you've warmed back up. But let's go back and to the, I guess the old phrase was that was the week that was, and talk a little bit about the weather disaster that hit your state. And you're up in the Panhandle area, so talk about that. But also the whole of oh, the whole of Texas was hit really hard. Well, the whole state was hit hard. Uh, we've got 254 counties, and there they say there's not one county that was not affected. And we're, we're a big state. We, we, we cover a lot of miles and, and there wasn't a, a Texan that didn't feel the impact of this. And, you know, for us, we thankfully we don't have cattle. Um, our our job as personally to get ready for the storm was just making sure everything was wrapped. Pipes were wrapped and everything was was ready for these negative temperatures. But I have several friends um, and then people I know through farm press throughout the state that, that really weathered uh, some extreme conditions and went to unbelievable lengths to save their livestock and, and take care of their families this week. We were fortunate that we never had a power outage and that our, our pipes never froze, but that's certainly not the case for a whole lot of Texas. Yeah, I know that that's a lingering issue. The a number of areas that don't have safe drinking water, both urban and rural areas. I think the urban areas are getting a lot of attention, but I worry about those farms where those pipes from the wells froze, and that's actually a bigger deal for the farm, right? Repairing that is a whole lot different. Oh, absolutely. And you've got you've got livestock that are that are depending on that. Like it's as much as you've got children and families that need the drinking water, you've got livestock. And so it's for your farm and ranch families, they're in a really difficult position right now, for sure. Well, hopefully they'll work their way through it. And I know that farmers will step up. Those that whose pipes didn't freeze can help those that did did and keep the cattle going because I know that's a huge issue. But there's something else that you and I were talking about that came out of this that uh, this is a horrible thing that happened. It actually isn't the first time it's happened. About 11 years ago, Texas got hit pretty hard by cold weather. But this time out, agriculture had a chance to, to do something different, right? What, what was that all about? You know, we talk a lot about an agriculture that we've got to tell our story. We've got to do a better job about telling our story. We as farmers are renowned and ranchers about we're, we're out by ourselves in wide open spaces, working hard, not 
lifting our, our eyes up because we're we're trying to make the most get the most we can out of a day. And, and so there's been this push, this encouragement of, hey, agriculturalists, we've got to begin to talk about what we're doing and, and what it takes to make the farm and ranch work. One of the things that that I saw out of last week was farm and ranch wives taking time to document everything that was happening. And that's in between taking care of their families, helping their husbands, uh, saving livestock. And uh, they went to Twitter, they went to Facebook and began to post and document all that was going on. And I had, there are three women that I followed in particular. Uh, Adrienne Sinat, she's in Spring Lake, just right up the road from me. And she documented a lot of what was going on with their cattle. Unfortunately, last week, there was a lot of calving going on. And so here you have these negative wind chills and you've got these newborn calves that are wet on the ground. And so Adrian has pictures of them after watching a calf for a while and going, okay, this, this baby's not going to make it. Sweeping them up, putting them in the floorboard of the pickup and taking them to a barn bathroom that became their calf warming station. Um, and they would get them warmed up and going and then return them back to the, the pasture as soon as possible. And so she did a great job of, of just telling their journey. Um, Deanne Littlefield, she's up in Henrietta and they ranch and she documented everything from breaking ice to she talked about it was so cold that you could melt the ice in the tanks or melt some. And then within 30 minutes, it would be frozen solid again. And uh, she talked about they lost uh, water, they lost electricity. She talked about how frustrating um, and, and at times how detrimental the, the power outages were, the blackouts, the rolling blackouts. And then also talked about once it began to warm up, uh, they have those large ponds where the, the cattle come to water, well, they've been frozen, the cattle walk out on them, and as it begins to warm up, they, of course, break, break through the ice, and they lost some calves, not only to freezing temperatures, but then drowning. And so just, just lots of heartache, but also such a great picture of endurance and strength, um, community. If there's anything these women talked about was how they had friends, family, neighbors who were walking through the very thing, same thing, but were showing up. Deanne, at one point, shows a picture of herself. She's in Sutherland that has no electricity, and she's there to get plumbing supplies. And it's a picture of her with her phone with the flashlight on in Sutherland trying to buy $150 worth of plumbing supplies. I mean, the, the obstacles this last week have been endless. And uh, Texans, Oklahomans, New Mexicans, people in the Southwest have just persevered and overcome. So Shelly, that's pretty intense stuff that you saw. How do you, how do you look at that from your perspective? What, what about um, everything you saw do you take home? What's the take-home value of that? Wow. You know, I'm just reminded once again of the the tenacity, the the strength of ranch and farm families, uh, the beauty of community that we need each other, that when we step into each other's lives and we we can get through this stuff. And 
my heart is grieved too because of the incredible loss. You know, there's the the citrus industry. I spoke with Dale Murden in July after they'd gotten hit by the hurricane, and I'm back on the phone with him two days, three days ago, and we're talking about the fact that they've now lost. They still had 55% of the grapefruit crop on the tree and 98% of the Valencia orange crop, and it. Also, the freeze obviously also got the blooms, which means there's possibly no crop for 2022. And he said that doesn't even account for we're not even sure about the condition of the trees. And, you know, you like Deanne talked about, about the losing cattle and and just the loss that's there. And so I I worry not only about the financial toll of this last week, but the mental toll. And, and I know, you know, people of the Southwest or humans in general, we're just, we're overcomers and, and we'll get on the other side of this, but, but in a week's time, you've got a lot of farm and ranch families that have, have lost and been through a lot and not just as adults, but they've got children, you know, when you're talking no water, electricity, um, you're snowed in, people can't get to you, you can't get to them, it's been quite a week. So it, it'll definitely be uh, one step at a time of, of recovery. And I know uh, when I talked to Del Merton, they're going to be spending, you know, the next week really assessing and they're talking to legislatures and and doing what they can to get disaster aid. And so hopefully there will be assistance there. But there's, as he says, um, assistance and, or, you know, he said insurance. We were talking about crop insurance and he said it was never meant to make you whole. And uh, so it's, this is going to be a long, a long process, but I sure am proud of just the strength the, the ingenuity, another thing Deanne showed is they filled up Yeti coolers full of water that she had to get from her neighbor because she didn't have water. But they filled those Yeti coolers up and the water didn't freeze in the coolers. And that's what they used to go and refill tanks to water horses and their, their cattle. So lots of creative, um, innovative ideas. That, that came from this and, and people found a way to, to make it through. So I know we'll get through this next chapter of, of assessing the damage and, and moving forward. I do think that we're getting tired of having to get over things and get through things. I think that's part of this, right? Since yeah. March of last year, it's all been about, we'll get through, I we'll know. muscle through. I think the joke, and I hope people pardon the language on here, but they said 2020 was hell, but it appears 2021 is when hell froze over. I mean, I it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty intense, but I think that that's part of what the challenge is here is that we, when you talk about longer term damage, lost cattle, that's a check. That's a, a difference in your check next year or 18 months down the road um, with the with the grapefruit and the Valencia oranges. That may be bigger because the trees aren't used to freezing. I mean, it's one thing to lose blossoms, but who knows what it did inside that tree? That's absolutely true. And we don't think about those things, but I'm hoping the social media posts got some people's attention. I'm glad that uh, the administration moved pretty quickly on declaring a disaster area. There was no hesitation, which hopefully helps the state pull out. And that'll be important, too. But uh, we're going to look for good things and realize that you're right, that the durability and the strength of the American farmer and rancher can never be underestimated. That's for sure. Well, Shelly, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I guess there's one other question I had before I sign off. And uh, uh, usually by February, we're, planters are starting to roll in Texas. 
Um, I don't think that's happened yet, correct? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Last week's storm definitely put uh, everything on hold. I mean, there may have been some planting that's taken place down south, but nothing's nothing's moving quite yet. Uh, if it continues to warm up like it's been, uh, they sure will uh, begin, especially down south, to get in the field and start planting 2021. I, I can't believe it's already time again. <laughs> I know. So. You, you, there's never a break anymore. Well, again, Shelly, great to talk to you. Uh, thank you for the insights and thank you for your coverage. Um, we'll keep looking forward to more things coming out of your uh, your work at the Southwest Farm Press. Have a great day. Good to talk to you. Yep. Farmers and ranchers always pull through, but this time they also worked to tell their stories. It's always great to catch up with Shelly and we appreciate her insights. Thanks. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States with editors from the Farm Progress team and experts in our industry. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer, and feedstuffs, and the new Farm Progress virtual experience. You still have time to check out the virtual experience. Just visit huskerharvestdays.com for a direct connection to the virtual event. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.